Have you been searching for your tribe of women? Well, look no further. Tribe was created with women in mind, a place to grow, learn and connect to our best selves. Every Friday at three, tune in with your host Kay and Lindsay to discuss everything women, raw, authentic and ready to break barriers as we grow together into our best selves. Welcome to Tribe. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Tribe. We are so happy you're here. The topic we are going to talk about on this episode, this topic is so near and dear to my heart because it completely transformed my life learning about this. And yeah, I went my whole life having no idea. And now that I am aware of this topic, it has just allowed me to transform my whole life and just make my relationships so meaningful and so healthy. So that topic is healthy relationships versus unhealthy relationships. So we are going to go over a few of the differences on how to recognize that maybe Um, You might be in an unhealthy relationship. Maybe it's time to consider pressing pause on a relationship because you've seen some of these um, signs and now have this awareness. So, Kay, I know you and I both have a track record of patterns of jumping in (laughs) and being in unhealthy relationships, whether that's partnerships or friendships or whatever that looks like. So So I'll let you share a little bit first. Yeah. about your experience and your now awareness on looking back as to maybe why those patterns occurred and just a little bit about your story. Um, since I was a child, I've always been very, um, I think part of it was because I was neurodivergent and didn't know, (laughs) but I always kind of felt like the weirdo. I didn't have the highest self-esteem. I had the buck teeth. I got tormented a lot. So I didn't have a lot of self-love. I didn't look at myself. And although everybody else would say like, oh, you're, she's so cute. She's so pretty. I didn't look in the mirror and, and I didn't see that. And I found that from the time I was a teenager, you know, we have this idea in our head of what we want in a partner. But for some reason, I always attracted very toxic men. And when I was 16, and this is, this story is kind of where my entire business of photography and creating tribe came from, was from my past experiences um, and trying to help other people. But yeah, so when I was 16, um, I met my son's father and I was only a teenager. He was a grown man. And um, looking back on that now and just realizing how much so so much of that came from childhood trauma, the things that I allowed, the things that I tolerated um, and attracted. So much of it was tied to my own childhood trauma and issues that I had with my father. Um, but it was a very hard experience to go through because it's like when we're going through these things, we look at ourselves and it's like we know that it's not right, but there's just for some reason, you know, that bond. Now I know it's trauma bond. <laughs> <laughs> But that bond was like, I can't live without this person. What am I going to do if I don't have this person? How am I going to live if I don't have this person? Even though this person is so toxic, it makes you miserable. You just can't let go. And it was so hard. And then it was like a light switch. One day when I just kind of snapped out of it, I was 23 years old. And I found out he was sleeping with another woman. And even though there was years of abuse for some reason I tolerated all that but I guess him cheating 
was that one thing that just made me feel so defiled and gross. And I was just like, oh my God, like, and then it was like the anger too. Cause it was like all the crap I've tolerated and you cheat on me, I'm done. <laughs> and that was kind of the light switch moment when I said, okay, this is really bad. This is really toxic and I need to get out. And I did get out. But then I found the pattern was I kept re-entering a new, re- I shouldn't say I kept because I only had two relationships after that. But um, I took some time to just, you know, find myself and work on myself. But even after all that self-work, I ended up in another toxic relationship. (laughs) So it wasn't until Dylan and I were together and we were friends for eight years before we ever dated. And I never looked at him twice. I looked at him kind of like, you know, like that little brother type of person. (laughs) And it was so weird that the least person that I would have ever thought is the love of my life and is now my husband. And it took so much to get used to a healthy relationship because for so long I was constantly in this merry-go-round of toxic friendships and toxic relationships and just toxic, toxic, toxic. And constantly asking myself, why do I always have these toxic relationships with, it's not just with partners, but also with friends. Mm. and I know you've struggled with this too (laughs) okay so like your story just is so much like similar because that's kind of like exactly what happened in my last unhealthy relationship so I didn't realize I had this pattern until the last unhealthy relationship that I had and he too cheated on me and that's what made me like leave and it's crazy Mm -hmm. everything I dealt with for years and years and years I just like put up with and and it just was normal to me because so when I was growing up I didn't really witness any uh it was very rare for me to see a healthy relationship like I remember having Mm -hmm. like a neighbor and like some friends parents and I would see different things but like it was just normal for me to see unhealthy relationships and then um yeah the partners that I was with the friend group too was like you know how they say you are who you kind of hang out with. So I felt very much so that everybody else was acting and behaving in the same way. Mm -hmm. So it just became normal that, okay, guys just treat us like shit. And that's just, we put up with it because like, that's just what we do, but it didn't really sit right with me. And I put up with it until, yeah, there was, cheating involved and that was enough that I was like okay like you cannot put yourself like anymore there's no way same with what you said you put up with all this stuff and now Mm -hmm. it's like you know you just have to know that that was the throw in the towel and it's crazy looking back now and and seeing the work that I've put into and same with getting with my current partner that was the first healthy relationship I have been in and like healthy serious relationship I had went on dates with nice guys but like a serious relationship was yeah Evan and he was just so different than anything I'd I'd ever experienced even in my childhood with any men in my life and then like previous relationships and I was so scared like looking back thinking like I some self-sabotaging behavior for sure and also just like thinking okay when's it gonna end like Mm -hmm. when when are his true colors gonna come out and I'm gonna see this like not nice person and there's going to be this like you know name calling and all these different factors that I had dealt with and nothing happened Mm -hmm. and it was like but I was always living on the edge of it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and like 
because that's what my body was familiar with. I was like self-sabotaging to try to like make that happen. Yeah. And yeah. So it was- I so get that. I, I did the same thing with Dylan. And even though he was my friend for eight years prior, like I was the one he would come to and talk about girls he was looking at or checking out or currently dating. And he was always like, you know, you got to have the approval. I got to know that you like her. And even so, even though I knew he was a gentleman, I knew all these things about him. It was just instantly where my mind went when we were together. And I was always looking because I never knew him outside of a friendship. So it's different being in a relationship. So I was always looking for those flaws. I was like, well, you know, I'm waiting for some narcissistic behavior. It's not happening. I know it's under there. This is too good to be true. Right. (laughs) And that's all that trauma just like in your head, just telling you all those worst things. And I know so like for me I I got so used to being by myself because I felt like every time I had a partner they weren't my partner it was always me catering to grown men who were clung to their moms and you know it was always me doing everything so being with Dylan I didn't know how to not do that I didn't know how to let him be a man and a partner and step up and provide and do things because I'm used to being the leader of the house I'm used to taking care of all the things So it took me so long to kind of say, you know what, I'm sorry, and kind of let him do some things because it was always like, no, I got it. I'm an independent woman. I got this. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's hard. It's very hard to just, like, accept that. And that comes with, like, the part of, again, when you said self-worth, that's what I think of a big piece for me is all Mm -hmm. I didn't have self-worth. I was never given that tool. And I learned that in my 20s from, you know, doing the work, how to give myself self-love. So and self-worth. And now looking back, it's crazy to think that that version of me even existed because this version now would never tolerate anything in the slightest of like what I used to tolerate Mm -hmm. before knowing the difference and so the the craziest part about like my story is I actually how I learned I was in an unhealthy relationship I start I moved away and I started working I was very drawn to this job when I was looking on Indeed and it was a crisis intervention worker for a domestic violence women's shelter and I was just so drawn I was like I need this job like and it aligned so perfectly. Like it was just like, Oh, it just happened so perfect. And I started working and I started realizing we were doing abuse assessments and there was checklists. And as I'm going over the checklist, I'm realizing, Oh my goodness, like how many of these things I'm relating to mm-hmm. that I'm helping women, you know, escape these types of relationships because they're unhealthy. And then I'm currently, you know, starting to question my whole life and relationship on like, okay, it was huge for me. And um, yeah, still, even after I had realized that it was unhealthy, um, I stayed until the affair happened because I didn't have that self-worth. And like you said, you're like, what am I going to do without this person? Like Mm -hmm. I moved across the country with this person. I had no family around. I felt like that was my family. So it was very hard. And especially when I was treated like that from my family, there was no difference that my brain didn't know that, okay, you're not supposed to go through this or be called this or be feel this way in a relationship. So yeah, life-changing. I started learning. And then after the, after the separation, I was like full force with just recognizing all these patterns I had been doing. I was just like trying to seek all kinds of different therapies and healing modalities to just try to have better understanding of my brain and mm-hmm. 
why it does the things it does and how to retrain it essentially is what I just wanted to retrain my brain to think differently because when we think differently, we feel differently and we behave differently. And all my actions and feelings and everything was just not where I wanted it to be. So yeah, anyways, that was huge for me. And I remember like noticing friends, new friends that I made in this new town that were in healthy relationships and experiencing that and witnessing how their partners were speaking to them and thinking, wow, like just being around a new crowd, because again, Mm -hmm. I was around all the same group of people that it just was, it's so normalized in whatever reason there. Yeah. I remember, um, because I always felt so low about myself because I was just like, you know, I always felt kind of behind. I didn't feel like I blended in in social settings when I was out with people. So it made it really hard for me to build relationships in general because I was always kind of shy. I didn't want to say a whole lot because it was always like, oh, you're going to say something stupid. You're going to zone out when you zone back in. Everyone's going to be like, did you not hear us? And I'm not going to have a clue what they're talking about. Um, So I really struggled with it. And I found that I really had some toxic people around me and I was always the person again that I didn't really speak up. It took me so long to get comfortable with speaking up and setting boundaries for myself that it was like, even if someone treated me like complete garbage, I would just kind of, oh, well, you know, it hurt my feelings. And then if they would get mad, it was like, oh, I was unapologizing, like, oh, sorry. And it was like, I just would let people walk over me so much. And I was always afraid to speak up. I was afraid of losing friends because I felt like I was a loser and I didn't have friends to begin with. Um, I really, really struggled with that. So I can't even say that it was like, it started with relationships romantically. It was like right from the time I was a child of just feeling like, I was weird and different and that I didn't fit in. And I just would let anybody, as long as you were my friend, I was happy. It was like, I just wanted to feel accepted and blended in. So I would just let whoever wanted to be around me, be around me. And I had such bad friends and it just made it so much harder because when you're trying to blossom and grow, these people just tear you down and suck the life out of you. And it wasn't until we moved to the Valley, which is really sad because that was only three years ago, um, that I really started to experience really genuine, healthy friendships because I, for so long, was used to friends who talked about me behind my back, you know, who were never there for me. And then being here and meeting so many incredible women who are so supportive and uplifting and empowering like you (laughs) and many other of the women in our group. And it's just like... It's so life-changing when you surround yourself with like-minded individuals, people who want to see you grow. And I just found that it was like, for myself, it made me have a complete different view of my life and what I wanted to accept as friends and being okay with letting those old friends go because they had a time and a season in my life, but they're not, they're not invited to this chapter. (laughs) Yes. And I love that about seasons because sometimes people really do come into our lives for a season and I, you know, I believe that we look at people as they're, they're teaching us some sort of lesson or something about ourselves or about other people. And it's not, we, you know, to think that everyone we encounter and have relationships that they're meant to be forever, like that's, mm-hmm. there's some that are meant to just teach us things for a season of time. And then it's time to kind of move into, you know, we change our values and we're realigning with like who we want to be and 
to be around people, like you said, they're going to uplift you and encourage you to be that version rather than people that are maybe dragging you down or making you feel um, embarrassed or ashamed. You feel like you can't be your authentic self, then that's kind of detrimental to your well-being. Absolutely. And I feel like that's a, like a great option too for us to uh, kind of bring up noticing what red flags are in relationships and in your friendships. <laughs> yes. Because I feel like, and a lot of the time, it's not even that we don't know what they are. We know exactly what the hell they are, but we don't want to see it because we care about somebody. And it is really hard sometimes to be able to look at something without getting defensive or upset and being able to really sit back and say, okay, you know what, this is not healthy. It doesn't mean that you always have to end the friendship. You know what I mean? And I think that sometimes people don't know that you can debate in a healthy way and come to somebody and say how you feel without it being a fight unless they truly do not respect you and they really are not your friend. Yes, absolutely. But I know for me, like some red flags and friendships and relationships in general is like you should never, ever feel like you have to walk on eggshells in any relationship in your life. No, the eggshells. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, so just being afraid of like, say you have news, certain news that comes up and you're afraid to tell your partner, or you're feeling afraid to kind of approach them with something that's a, you know, that gut feeling and that's a red flag of feeling that you shouldn't be scared to relay. There's some bit of nervousness to it to be scared and how frequent it's happening too, right? Is mm-hmm. it something that, what are, is it the reaction you're afraid of kind of digging to see what's going on there. And another thing is they don't respect your boundaries. That is a huge Mm -hmm. red flag too, because yeah, if you say no and they don't take it well, that's a little bit, maybe a time to kind of pause and see, okay, like you should be able to say no to people and them. Absolutely. Yeah. Respect that, respect your boundaries. Um, Even like, you know, that ties right into like not being able to be yourself. It, like, if you cannot genuinely be who you are and you kind of think, oh, I can't say that because, you know, or, oh, I can't. If you have certain traits that you do, oh, I can't do that because he's going to get mad. I mean, that ties right in with the wall, getting on eggshells. But you should be able to authentically always be yourself around anybody who loves you, whether that's a romantic relationship or a friendship. Yes. And I know, I know, like, for me, that was something I struggled so much with because, and it wasn't because of anybody else. It was because I didn't love myself. So I was always wearing a mask in every single room I went into, just trying so hard to blend in and just didn't have that self-love and self-worth. And when I really learned to, you know, authentically just be me, it was life-changing. Absolutely. Um, another one And then is... there's also people that... Oh, sorry. <laughs> go, was... girl. Go, girl. I was going to say... Uh, power... <laughs> Power and controlling behaviors. So saying saying things like what you can wear and what time you have to be home by and Oh uh, yes. Yeah, so the 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 wearing thing too is like okay, I was a friend and I were on vacation one time and she was newly talking to this guy and we were in bathing suits. We were on the beach and we were at, you know, a sunny destination. And I remember this this person she was talking to making comments about what she was wearing. And I'm like, we're wearing bathing suits and being very like insecure and jealous with the fact that she was in a bathing suit and I posted a photo in a bathing suit. And I was just like huge red flag, like huge, yeah. huge, huge, you know, you're only a few weeks into chatting and they're already making, you know, comments about what you're wearing or, 
you know, making you feel like any type of way, right, that's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable for you and you should be able to express yourself how you choose and wear what you would like to wear and nobody should be able to take that away from you. That's taking away a huge piece of who you are and suppressing that of, again, who you really want to be as part of your... So, yeah, that just was nuts to me to think, like, I was, like, thinking, like, what does he expect? We are on a beach. Like, what else are we going to be wearing? I don't understand. Oh, and I'm, like, and you look good in the picture. So who cares what, like, that? he's just insecure or jealous, right? So that's another red flag is, are they insecure and have some, you know, jealousy issues? And there's some work that they need to partake on. And if they're mm-hmm. willing to put in the work, then that's great. But sometimes people aren't willing or interested. And that's when it's maybe time to, um, you know, cut off those types of unhealthy relationships. Yeah. Also, um, putting you down and putting down your emotions. I know that this was a big one I struggled with, um, being able to just sit down and say, Hey, you know, this is how I'm feeling. I'm upset about this and being able to have an adult conversation with whether friend or partner, um, because I felt like I was so afraid to speak up because when I did, it was always shot down with, you know, you're stupid, you're dumb. This is crazy. It was always just negative, 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 negative. Totally. Um, another one is if they don't like your friends or they're trying to isolate you from friends or family. Oh, yes. That run, was, girl, run. That was big <laughs> for me. Looking back, it was like all my friends, they, you know, my partners would put them down or, you know, certain partners would say like, they don't want me hanging out with these friends and just bad things about my friends when there was no reason to. It was just of, I don't know, just to not. I guess maybe I think feel guilty for having friends or hanging out with friends just Mm -hmm. and I find especially with narcissists because that's what I dealt with and with narcissists they want you to themselves they don't want you to have freedom they don't want you to have other friends because other friends see that they're toxic and are going to try to get you the hell away from them so they really try to keep you with their own circle their friends their family but get you away from your friends and your family And I definitely noticed that big time for myself. I felt very secluded, very alone. And whenever I would make a friend who had their head on straight and would say, hey, you know, you're in a real, real bad relationship and you need to get out. Or, hey, you know, why don't you come stay at my place? Anything that got me outside of my house, it was complete rage. Why are you hanging with them? Are you gay? What, you're with a girl now? Are you kidding me? It was just like everything to just make me feel so like garbage that I wouldn't want to go just so that they would shut up. Right, right. And I tell women this all the time. Like, if a man is doing that to you, that is a huge red flag. Huge red flag. And I don't, so many times we ignore it. And it's just like, oh, well, you know, he just doesn't, he wants me to be safe. And it's like, no, (laughs) that's not what it is. (laughs) No. And that's the same, like, when you were saying, um, oh, my goodness, what was the one you said just before this? I just lost my train of thought. Of the friends? No, it was the one right before that. <laughs> uh-huh. I had it on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> oh, you were saying about the bikinis. Yeah. On the beach. Same thing, you know, as an empowerment photographer and a boudoir photographer, I photograph women all the time. And it is unreal the amount of times I've had women not come to photo shoots because a boyfriend got in his feelings because he wasn't, he was mad that she was, you know, oh, you're going to go take your clothes off in front of another girl. It's like, it's not like that. That's not what I'm doing. 
But um, whether it was that or, you know, I've had women write me saying my boyfriend's really upset that I did this boudoir shoot and he wants the photos taken down. Can you please take them off your socials or whatever? Or, you know what I mean? Like I've seen so many different versions of this in different ways and it never doesn't break my heart. Because it takes so much for us, especially as women, because we just beat our bodies up all the time, tear ourselves down. And to be able to put yourself in that vulnerable position to wear whatever the heck you want and love and own your body, whether it's boudoir, whether it's on the beach in a bikini, whatever it is. And then to have someone who's supposed to be a friend or your partner make you feel like you should be ashamed of your body. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that is, that is a huge one for me. I was just like in my head, just clapping as you were talking about it. So I was just like, Oh God, I could talk about this all day. (laughs) Oh, Oh, another one is like gaslighting, denying their behavior. So this was huge too. Like saying that they, you know, didn't say something or just very manipulating behavior, hot and cold too. Like Mm -hmm. not being able to communicate effectively. It's like, I've had times where it's like, the, your partner acts like you're like you did something wrong but doesn't say what is wrong but like yeah treats you just hot those mind cold. games yeah like hot and cold and acts a certain way but like can't communicate or express that they're upset but punishes you by not speaking to you or ignoring you and just mm-hmm. very unhealthy behavior I feel like it's that that just the poke the bear poke the bear hit all the trigger buttons so for me it was like you know that I'm triggered when I'm ignored I don't like being ignored. I would rather you straight up tell me F off. I don't want to talk to you than ignore me. So that was the constant thing. He would ignore me knowing I would get upset and I'm trying so hard to communicate and constantly being ignored. And then when I would eventually end up reacting and, you know, whether it was crying or going downstairs and slamming a door, then it's instant. You're crazy. That's another red flag. I was going to say <laughs> the crazy word. If they're I referring and saying, lived- I am telling you, ladies, if a man starts doing that, run. I wish I listened to my mother. I spent the last 18 years of my life hearing the word crazy every time I had an opinion. And, you know, that went from dating to being married to being divorced and then dealing with family court and constantly hearing, well, she's crazy. Well, she's crazy. And it's just like, I'm not crazy. They really like that word. They, they really like, do. I'm they like really thinking, do. Like, wow, how accurate is that? That. Like how many times I heard the crazy word, and since I've been with Evan, thank goodness, like I've never heard that again, and it just became so normal to be called that, right? Like mm-hmm. as a woman, just called crazy because you're having emotions or feelings, and yes. oh my goodness, no. or reactions to their <laughs> yeah. to their stuff because it's like you know, I know for me, like I'm very vocal about how I feel. My mom always taught me about speaking up for yourself if you have something to say and being honest. So like, I've always been very big on like, if I'm upset, give me space for a moment and let me breathe. And then let's sit down and talk about it. And I want to tell you how I feel so we can fix it. And just constantly having someone who refused to communicate and would just name call and belittle me. And then it was constantly, you know, and then when I would get upset and finally react, it was, well, you're crazy. See, this is what I'm talking about. You're crazy. Just like I told you. And I'm just like, oh my God. (laughs) And after a while we start to believe it and wonder, am I crazy? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's yeah. It's, it's a crazy head game manipulation. Power games. One Oh (laughs) one. And it's, you know, it's sadly very common. And just like the, the reason that I want to share about this is because 
if I would have known a little bit younger, if someone would have came in and presented or talked to me on the topic of these red flags and what to look for, then maybe those relationships that I jumped in in high school, starting as young as high school, I would have known a little bit more. But there was no education or awareness around this. And now that I have it, it's like, man, like people need to know about this because... It's just life changing to when you talk about mental health, it's just really your whole environment and who is around you and the energy just affects it so, so drastically. So we're going to take a quick break and we will come back and talk about healthy relationships and what those look like and all the perks on that. Yes, yes. We'll be back. We're back. We're back and we're going to chat all things now, healthy relationships and being in them now, what that looks like um, for me is having communication. Oh, yes. <laughs> Woohoo! You know, I know women love to communicate and talk more than men, but that's where <laughs> the other thing comes in is negotiation and compromise. We compromise for our relationships. And so... Mm-hmm. Women have to talk, so, you know, just buckle down and let her talk and talk it through. And like you said, too, I'm, I'm one that I don't want to fight and drag things on. I want to get to a solution so that we're both happy and we can continue enjoying our life because I don't want to spend time in that mad or sad or whatever state from something that can be resolved by just communicating about it. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I know this was something I love so much because I felt like for so long I was just craving to be with someone I could connect with and who got me and who communicated with me. And um, being with Dylan was such a complete 180, man. <laughs> because we, we are so much the same because like both of us are huge lovers of music and dancing. And because of that passion for music, we both kind of use music as a healing tool when we're going through things. Like we just want to put on our earphones, step away, be left alone in the silence, turn off the lights, listen to music that we're resonating with and just kind of letting ourselves feel those emotions. And then when we're ready, we come and we sit and we talk about it. And I am great, very grateful. I'm very grateful because I know a lot of men are not good with talking and actively being able to just sit and like have a good conversation about things. And uh, Dylan can talk your ear off. So (laughs) I think it's usually both of us interrupting each other and saying sorry. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry, guys. I have a little bit of a cold, so I apologize if I cough. Um, Another one is honesty and accountability. Having that trust and being able to be honest when things come up. Instead of lying, the lying is a huge, again, part of like the manipulation. So in a Mm -hmm. healthy relationship now, if there's something that I want to talk or ask about, um, Evan will give me the honest answer. And it's just so nice to be like, okay, like I might not be what I wanted to hear, but like, thank you for being honest because yes that's the so important and so hard to come by my whole life I find that it was like to have someone that just didn't Mm -hmm. lie to me like lying is a huge trigger for me so I'm like just don't lie to me yep so get that and allows you for individuality yeah because that's so important I find so many times I see girls that or whether it's guys or girls that start dating somebody and it's like they take on that person 
they yes. can't be their own person anymore. It's like, I like what he likes. I do what he does. There's no separation. They forget about their friends. And it's just like, I have to cling to this person for dear life. And in a healthy relationship, you should be able to still live your life and be who you are while still being in a healthy relationship, whether that's, you know, having a girl's night and going out with your girls, you don't ha- like just learning to be able to still have that individuality and being who you are and enjoying the things you've always enjoyed and not yes. feeling like you have to give up parts of your life for the person you're with. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, when you find that it is a breath of fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Like I remember when I create when me and the girls um, before you had joined. So before tribe started, it was just like a mom group. It didn't really have a name. We were just a mom group and we always did stuff together. And then I kind of turned it into this. But when we first started, it was just moms going to karaoke every Friday night. That was how we started. We just came together to have a safe space to just laugh. Some of us did karaoke and to this day, we're still doing it. But like when it started, I remember going to, at the time we were engaged and I'm saying to Dylan, like, you know, this is this idea I have. And we were thinking about doing it every Friday. And it was like a part of me felt guilty because I was instantly expecting him to be like, wow, like you really expect me to sit home every Friday and watch the kids while you go out? Like, how dare you? And he's just like, yeah, babe, have fun. And I was like, huh? (laughs) Right. Because it was like that past trauma of never being able to live my own life and feeling like I had to tiptoe on eggshells and say, well, do you think maybe I could do this? And just feeling so low, knowing that it was going to be a negative response every time. And to just have somebody who was just like, yeah, like, have fun. Like, you need that. Like, you work all the time. You work hard. And, like, you deserve to do that. Like, yeah, do it. (laughs) Yes, I love that. And it's so important because I feel like so many times we cling to our partner. And I don't know if it's a fear or if it's our own trust issues. But it's like we we cling to that person where it's like, I can't go with my friends. I can't go do this. Like I, I do whatever he wants to do. I'm with him 24 seven. And it's, that's a red flag for me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, another one is being able to make decisions together and having equal, like equal in the relationship. So there's no like, you know, I do this, you do that. It's like everyone mm-hmm. is sharing. And that's the first time too, for me, it was like, you know, past relationships, it was expected, like, the woman does the cleaning and the cooking and works full time oh, and does God. all this stuff. And then one day when Evan was like, oh, I'll make supper. I'm like, excuse me, what? Like, you're going to make supper? Like, and how frequently mm-hmm. he will just make supper and take on those roles. Or I got the dishes. He There's no expectation or, like, level down of, like, okay, you're a woman. This is what you're expected to do. It's so equal with, no, I'll help do this and you help do that. And it's a, it's just so nice. It is for me, it was makeup because like I was saying from my childhood, I never looked in the mirror and thought that I was pretty. And my mother always, always pushed that with me. She was like, you know, you're beautiful. You're smart. And I just never seen it because of my own insecurities and the fact that I struggled so much in school. I had buck teeth. I just, I did not see that. Um, And so uh, when I got to the age where I started wearing makeup, you know, I was doing everything to try to change the way I looked. I wanted to look prettier. I wanted, you know, my cheekbones to look different, this, that, and the other, just picking myself apart. So I always wore a lot of makeup. And I remember even like my, my ex, he would say, well, you know, he'd come home from work and I would just be in my sweats because we had our youngest son, our only son. um, And he was only a baby. 
So, you know, I'm home and I'm cooking and I'm cleaning and I'm doing all these things that he expects me to do because, again, like you said, I'm the woman and I'm supposed to do these things. So he would come home and he would lose it on me because I didn't have makeup on and I was wearing sweats. And he would say, you know, I come home after working all day and you can't even put on effing makeup. And, he, and I'm like, why do I need to wear makeup when I'm home? He's like, it's to enhance your beauty. Have you ever heard of that? You should try it. And to go from feeling that way and then feeling like, oh, so I really am ugly and should wear makeup and then going back to wearing a lot of makeup and then to be with Dylan, who was always so encouraging of why do you wear makeup? Like you, you're so beautiful. You don't need to wear makeup and constantly encouraging me to love myself the way I was without enhancing, as he said, (laughs) enhancing my beauty. (laughs) But that was such like it's honestly, sometimes it makes you cry just to have somebody who gives you that because I just stop and it's like, you're so grateful to have someone who just is like, I just love you raw for who you are. And you don't even know how to accept it because sometimes we're just waiting. Like you were saying earlier, you're waiting for those red flags to pop up and you're just so confused that they're not coming. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, this is too good to be true. This can't be real. He's doing something. He's cheating. There's something going on, but he can't be this great. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It comes right in to just try to sabotage and question like, no way. And our body is so unfamiliar to us. Like, you know, looking back at both of us having like the history of that, it's just so unfamiliar. Our body is just like shocked to be like, what is happening? Someone's telling me I'm beautiful from a, a man's voice and like, Mm-hmm. doing creating things for me that no one's ever done in my life yes and they're creating the space for us to be vulnerable oh and this other thing too is what's so healing for me is that when so my now um like my partner's family all of the men are so loving and sweet it's like and he has a big family and everyone from his dad to his brothers they're just like the sweetest men and seeing them like with my son and how they are with me it's like so healing to be like wow I see all of these healthy nice Mm -hmm. men at once after going so long without them it's like I get all these in my life now and in my son's life and it's just so beautiful to just know that my son's gonna be around that and see and have that that love and just know how to be you know it's just changing the whole it's just beautiful (laughs) so much so much I love it oh (laughs) and just like having a space where you can feel safe because I feel like that's a big one because so many times we go to bed at night and we're like and we know we're in toxic relationships but again that trauma bond and we don't know how to leave and you lay in bed at night and you literally and I don't know this this is gonna be different for every woman but for me I didn't feel safe going to bed at nighttime because a lot of the time in these unhealthy relationships, there's some type of manipulation or threats that are being made to you to make sure that they can control you and keep you where they want you. So so to have a space where you feel free and safe is so important. Absolutely. And respecting your life outside of the relationship. So going back to like those boundaries and being able to have friend healthy friendships as well as still being in your relationship. Keeping that individuality. Yes. And having, yeah, you can have shared and different interests. That's another one too. Is oh my God. Yes. It's good to have, if you really are like not liking anything that each other does, that might be hard to a little bit. Yeah. But I feel like, 
couples need to not get mad at each other because this is a thing that I've seen a lot is people think that they have to take on the same thing that their partner likes. And it's like, it doesn't mean you're not compatible if you don't like all the same things. You don't have to like golf just because he likes golf. If you just find it's not for you, that's perfectly a-okay. That doesn't mean that there's not other things that you enjoy together, but you're still like, my husband loves to play pool. I freaking suck at pool. I have carpal tunnel, so it doesn't last more than five minutes. And I'm like, I'm done. Tap out. But he loves it. And I'm totally okay. I love the fact that he loves it. I love the fact that he has something that he loves to go do that he finds makes him feel, um, what's the word I'm like? It just makes him feel good. Like he really enjoys it. He finds it peaceful. And I am perfectly content with, you know, I have my one night a week where I go play karaoke and he has his one night a week where he'll go with the guys and go play pool. And I love that for him. He also has that, you know, getting away from me because he's home all the time and going out and having some guy time and having fun and making friends and doing things that make him feel good. Yes. Without, you know, guilting your partner or friend or whatever. Oh, you know, oh, you went out without me. I can't believe you went out without me. And that's another one. I think we need to talk about that for a second before we get off here, girl, because I don't know about you, but I've had some friends that would get mad when I hung out with other friends. And it was like ownership of the friendship you're my friend how dare you go out with so-and-so and and you guys didn't invite me I seen your pictures on Facebook like those jealous friends that don't like that you have other friends that's so unhealthy (laughs) so unhealthy I've actually I had a girlfriend that did that to me way back and it was a huge red flag for me because we've been friends for a long time she introduced me to one of her girlfriends and me and her girlfriend became friends and we hung out one time and she was like so you guys hung out without me and I'm like yeah, we just went and went to the mall together and she lost it. It was like, you're my friend and she's my friend. And I introduced you to you guys seriously are like hanging out behind my back. And it made me feel like complete crap. And then I had to stop and say, wait a minute. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So I find like you got to have, whether it's relationships or friendships, there has to be that freedom to be able to be yourself without jealousy and ownership. Absolutely. And I think too, like if you always trust your gut in these situations, like, you know, our intuition, um, we all have intuition and if we're we're listening and, um, yeah, we want to just have the awareness of knowing that something feels off and maybe like looking at it a little bit closer before proceeding in, in any type of relationship. Right. So I want to say like before things, when you get too deep, but just knowing Mm -hmm. that as you're moving through, when you, when you see these things in the beginning, taking precaution and just, uh, have an, have open discussions too, asking your family and friends, like maybe what they think and what they see and getting a second opinion can be super helpful too. And, um, of course, if you are experiencing yourself in an unhealthy, abusive, um, relationship, there are resources out there. Um, a quick Google women's shelters. I worked at an amazing women's shelter who was just, it was great, uh, a great support for the community to have. So definitely, um, yeah, there are options available and yeah. And I know there are some local ones here too, for those of you, because I know many of our listeners at the moment are from the Valley. So there also is Chrysalis house, which is in Kentville. Um, they are fantastic. Um, when I went through the stuff that I went through with victim services, Chrysalis house was there to kind of support me. Um, even though I wasn't looking for shelter, it was just more a safety concern. Um, but they were absolutely amazing and phenomenal. So if, uh, 
if you are looking for resources, that is one that's local and fantastic. Amazing. Thank you all for joining and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.